I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like dreams coming true. Well, I've been doing the tapping, which I do with the tapping solution app because I enjoy it. So by tapping, you mean a type of meditation for stress relief and other self-management that uses kinesthetic activity of tapping with your hands on various parts of your body to externalize stress and frustrations. And by doing that, you are also repeating various mantras or self-talk phrases or things like that that you associate with the kinesthetizing of the process. Yes. Thank you, Science Jess. Anytime. (laughs) Yes. So, yes, you can do, you can just do the procedure of tapping itself, like physically, or you can also do a meditation with it. Mm -hmm. And and so I was doing a, a series of meditations, and this one is a long one that they have where you do a focus in your tapping session every day on gratitude and different aspects of gratitude. And that's a, a three week deal, which is long, but it seems about right for like focusing on gratitude. I mean, there are a lot of demonstrated, scientifically demonstrated outcomes of gratitude practices, regardless of what gratitude practice you engage in, whether it's journaling or self-talk or meditation or whatever. Gratitude practices have a demonstrated positive effect on the mental health of the person practicing gratitude. Yes, So I think that's good. Yes. Well, I thought it was a good combination because one of the things that they were saying in in these is that sometimes we're not used to thinking of positive things. We think of all the things that we worry about. So during this, a couple days in, one of the things that really struck me was as the person who's doing the meditation is talking, she says, some of your dreams have already come true. And that's that sparked some feelings for me of gladness and yeah, that's right. They have. And I started thinking about that factor in relation to my transition. I mean, that's the biggest part of dreams that have come true. Yeah. And when I think about having that dream, I had that dream a long time, you know, Time, time is a funny thing, you know, to, the days, yes. these days they go fast. And when you when they don't, <laughs> well, that, that's your, that's your deal with work right now, but right. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, but time, time itself seems to go faster as you get older. It's a perception. And so as a young child, time seems, a day seems long and so forth. And when I think of these dreams of mine of transitioning, the first thoughts that come to me are as a child, having those dreams and wishes for my transition, because they're very prominent. I mean, those were long days then, (laughs) you know? Yes. Um, Yes, time does seem to pass faster as you get older. mm -hmm. So I know as a very young child, I apparently was trying to explain to my parents that I was supposed to be a boy, and they didn't know what to do with that, and of course not. Right. And I know that because it was reflected back to me at different periods later in life, because I was boyish as a child, or tomboyish, or whatever they wanted to say. Mm Mm-hmm. Or after my transition, and my mother had mentioned that again. Mm-hmm. So she, she somewhat rem- remembered this, so much so that my father's mother, my grandmother, gave me a toy doll that was a boy, because this was a, uh, a beanie boy doll. I'm very old. <laughs> 
And so this was a cartoon that was on. Beanie and, they, and Cecil, yes. They thought I, I wanted a Beanie Boy doll because I wanted to be a boy. I don't know. Somehow they got this. This is all they could make sense out of it. Mm-hmm. I had that Beanie Boy doll probably we were at the last house. So just prior to or just after starting my transition. Mm-hmm. Because it was not in good shape anymore. Right. It had been chewed on by creatures and the head was off and pieces <laughs> were not all there. Right. And it's really weird looking. So at some point close to my transition or right after, I, I couldn't tell for sure, but I got, I let go of Beanie Boy and here I am. <laughs> That's totally great. Yeah. yeah. You, you did express your identity when you were younger and like a lot of people growing up at the time, growing up trans, the, the adults around them didn't know what to do or how to deal with that. No, possibly if you said you were queer, they kind of knew something about that and what to do from their own perspective of, you know, this being a problem or this being a, we'll deal with that later. Right. But like, what did those dreams of transition look like for you when you were a kid? Because you're saying, you know, that your dreams have come true. What were, what did that look like for you? Like, what did you dream about? Like, were there specific aspects of transition or of male presentation or male identity. All the presentation of not being a girl, being a boy, like everything always seemed wrong. I did have short hair a lot of the time. My mother did that. It was easy for her. And I don't know how that happened. Pixie Can't, cuts were a very popular thing at the time. They, they were. Uh, they were acceptable. So I got the haircut and I got toys that I wanted. Like my parents let me have G.I. Joe and all the things that go with it. But I, I wasn't perceived in the world as a boy, except once in a while. You're good. So when I was perceived as a boy, I was very happy about it. I bet. I was like, yes, that's me. But I also knew without a transition, you know, it was not exactly me. It was me, but it wasn't going to stay me for more than those moments. Right. That makes sense. I was going to have those moments and that was it. Could be you're in a store or outside somewhere and and some lady says, boys, come over here and help me with this or, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that. And we'd go over there because I was hanging out with- The boys. Other boys, yeah. Yeah. Even into my late 20s, and early 30s, I would be, you know, at Home Depot and they'd say, that'll be 375, sir. Yep. You know, and I was glad I was good with that. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but the dreams were to have that extend into the rest of my world. Right. You know, for everybody to say, hey, dude, mm-hmm. and recognize me as a person that I felt I was. Right. So as, as many trans folks know, it's very, it's just disconcerting to have these two things going on at once. Yes. You know that from gender things. Oh, I have all the things going on at once. Yes, you do. And it, it can be disconcerting. It can be discombobulating. It can be disappointing. <laughs> yes. Very disappointing. When the little piece of reality, the bubble pops and you're back in the, what the hell? Yeah. Dealing with everything again. Mm-hmm. And I knew it could be done. So that, that continued my dream, you know, as a teenager. Mm-hmm. As I did research and found out it, I could get there, I didn't know how to get from where I was to, you know, the medical side of it. I think most doctors that I was around would have been the same way. So the dream continued. Because I didn't know how to make it a, a reality, it just continued being, I'll figure this out eventually. And I just wanted the body I felt I should have. And I know, having spent so much time around women all those years, being, you know, perceived at that time as belonging in their group, there, there's lots of reasons that it's 
uncomfortable for women in the world. But I also knew it wasn't just that. But that's on top of it. Mm -hmm. Because now you've got the wrong body and now men are making your wrong body a problem. Men make a lot of things a problem. They do. It's true. Thank you for not being that guy most of the time. You're welcome. I feel like I should be asking like most of the time and when it's not most of the time, then what am I supposed to be doing? I think in the way that you present yourself, like things that used to be adorably dykey are now just like, ugh, what a guy. And I think we've talked about that before. We have, but it's just, I'm still me. Yes, you are. Yeah. Which is why, you know, it's not problem, problem. It's just like, uh, man, yes. masculinity in and of itself is a problem and you're not going to avoid it. So it's just probably, it's not likely at this stage. No, no. <laughs> so it's something we work around. There are some problems that can be solved and some problems that we just work around. Right. I'm sure I have drawbacks to my personality presentation interactions with you that you've learned to work around. But are yours perceived as men? They're a problem. I wish. Once in a while they are by me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, see, but, by, but not by everybody else. No, but so, see, that's, that's what I mean, though, when I say you're not usually that guy, you know? Like, sometimes you are that guy, but only because you used to be that dyke. And right. so that's just your way of being in the world now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I got put in a different category by doing the same thing, which is true of a lot of a lot of my transition. Yes. And some of that I wanted to, most of it, I wanted to be put in the other category. Yep. There's something out there that's interesting? No. Okay. So yeah, I wanted the the deeper voice and the squarer face and the whiskers, you know, my, like my how fond I was of my little tiny sideburns when I first got them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You were was, so happy I with those. I was very happy. I'd waited since being a teenager for those little tiny sideburns. Yeah. And then you had them and gender euphoria is a thing. Mm-hmm. It is. And so... That's kind of wild to me to like understand that you have had this dream for decades before you were able to achieve it. Like for me, I have never thought of maintaining a long-term hope like that without either immediately embarking on a plan to achieve it or figuring out what the plan would be and then discarding it because it's not reasonable or efficient or effective. Well, that's what happened to me is the plan I could find was not any of those. Th it was not any of them. It's not effective or reasonable or anything that I could figure out. And then I ended up taking on other responsibilities that didn't allow me to solve that, solve those issues that were making things not effective. Right. Like as you became an adult, you started to figure out a plan to transition, but then other aspects of life made it difficult for you to pursue that plan. And so you set that dream aside. Yes, pretty much. I mean, probably somewhere in late late teens, I, I probably set it aside with other things going on and mm -hmm. and not having found an effective way to reach that goal. It was set aside. And once it was set aside, it went more and more to the side. And then you picked it back up again in, you know, after college and then set it aside again. Yes. And, but that idea of like maintaining this idea of a goal that, you know, you set it aside and it comes back and you set it aside and it comes back like it's, it's persistent. No, I don't think it was persistent. I think part of the coping me methods were putting it aside and not, it was not persistent at that point. There was no maintaining. It was put aside and that was that. Okay. It came back as I realized I didn't have those responsibilities to anybody else anymore mm -hmm. that were distracting me from what I wanted to do. 
Right. And I was reaching a point in my middle age that I was like, what the hell? I, I don't, I don't want to do this. And, and then I was like, wait, I don't have to do this. Yes. And that was, you know, that was the final result of getting here. Right. But the thing I'm trying to, to explain is that like, I have no freaking clue what that's like to have something like that, that like, it just keeps coming back. Like it's, even though it was gone, it kind of wasn't like you ignored it, but mm -hmm. it was still there. Right, right. You know, like, yes, for me, the idea of a gender transition, like being able to show up to work with a full beard and a full face of makeup and chest hair peeking out of my camisole under my blazer is like nothing I'm ever going to be able to achieve and maintain some semblance of professionalism. Plus, the look you're giving me right now is like, no, I'm, I'm trying to make a picture. <laughs> yeah. You know, these things are not entirely... And I was also thinking, you know, I'm just telling you, the beard doesn't come that fast. You already know that, but just I saying. Do. Yeah. I do. But even other dreams, like we were talking about last night with like, we had dreams when we were kids of like having a pet or of having financial stability, because that was not something that either of us grew up with. No, that was a big one on our list. Huh? Or yeah. of having a stable relationship or, you know, things like that. Like, I don't know that I ever saw those as like dreams, mm -hmm. you know, as like goals to pursue as a lifelong achievement, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, things like financial s stability, those are, it was more a, a response to not be, you know, bills not being able to be paid. Uh, we didn't want that. So the other side must be, yeah. you know, financial yeah. stability. You can yeah. pay your bills. Yeah. And see, that that definitely was a thing that was a goal for me. And it was a goal that I had a realistic plan to achieve, get an education, go into a reasonably stable field, even if it was education is not paid the best, but the job stability is not to be sniffed at. Right. So like, I mean, I knew what I wanted. I made the plan and I did the thing. Mm -hmm. And if the plan was not reasonable, like I can't think of any dreams that I've had that have stayed there even when they weren't reasonable or that have come back after having been put aside like that. Right. When I think initially of my childhood, when I think of a dream, that's a foreign concept to you. Yes. And I don't know how much of that is just because my brain works different and because I don't process goals and wants the same way or how much of that is the fact that my, like, my gender dysphoria is different from yours. Like I've always perceived myself to just be like just a person. And yeah, there are some things about me that are girl and there are a few more things about me that are boy, but I'm just me. Mm -hmm. But like there was never like some goal to achieve. And I recognize that in part, some of that had to do with the fact that there was no visible model. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that before that like seeing people like Alok Vade Menon and Jacob Tobiah and Jeffrey Marsh, people who are clearly blending typically masculine and typically feminine aesthetics, that that was one of the first times I was able to see, oh, look, there's a example of something that I actually think would kind of fit. Mm -hmm. But even so, it's still like, eh, that's a lot of work and the drawbacks might not be worth it. So we'll set that aside. And I'll that's just... what happened to me, but but I had a very specific yeah, goal. Yeah. And maleness in our culture does have a very specific set of models yes available can't get away from them god i wish right lots of people feel that way <laughs> i'm aware 
Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your self-awareness. You're welcome. Yeah. So I think that is one of the things that they talk about when they say that to diagnose young people with gender dysphoria has to be like consistent and persistent and insistent. Like each of those things is like the fact that it it stays there. Mm-hmm. It stays there and comes back. It stays there and doesn't change. It stays there and can't be put away. Mm-hmm. I don't think that in any way negates the experience of people who didn't have that. But I think that like both ways of experiencing the world are valid. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not negating your experience by explaining mine. Mm-hmm. I just have no frame of reference. I have a total frame of reference. Like some people will say, I have no clue what it would be like to be trans, to be the wrong body. And I'm like, oh, I have total understanding of that. I just have no clue what it would be like to actually know what you want to do about it. Right. <laughs> Does that make sense? These things seem wrong. What do I do? Yeah. So that seems really foreign to me and really wild. And I was trying to explain that to you the other night. And I don't don't know that I succeeded. And I still don't know that I succeeded. But how will you know if you succeeded? Um, if your interactions with me about this topic continuing reference my frame of reference appropriately, uh. reference my understanding appropriately. <laughs> If, if if we have further discussions about this and you ex- and your way of explaining fits with what you understand me to understand, communication. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really shaking my head. Some way for you to understand that I understand you. Do you understand me? I understand you. Okay, thank yes. you. That's, there you go. Okay. I, oh, I forgot I need to tell you. Oh. And I'm trying to explain all the different ways to explain to you that if you make words about it, how will I know if you understand me? If you communicate that you understand me. I understand you. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, I mean, not to negate the experience of other people who have not had that lifelong, insistent, persistent dream of transition, but that was definitely a very consistent experience for you. Right. You have a consistent experience of what's going on here and wanting things to be different, but you don't have that blatant model available. Yes, that is correct. And then the what to do about it is definitely much more murky. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah, I can picture this as your style every time you talk about it, but I'm like, and how do you do it? Right. And see, that's the thing. Like, for your transition, you had a dream to achieve, like a goal state, and then there was a fairly well-established trajectory and set of steps to achieve that goal state. Yes. I'm not entirely even certain what my goal state is, let alone the steps to get there. Right. <laughs> but I think it's really important to recognize that your experience of that is most definitely gender euphoria. Mm-hmm. And that that for you now to have achieved your goal, have achieved your dream, is kind of awesome. It is. It is awesome. I mean, you know, there's parts of it that I have not achieved and do not expect to achieve due to various barriers. But for the most part, my daily life is, you know, it has that I'm that I'm living that dream that I had as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have achieved your dreams. And so so when I heard somebody saying some of your dreams have already come true, I was like, yes, they have. And isn't that amazing? It's a miracle. Yay. Yep. Gender euphoria for the win. Mm -hmm. You didn't expect to find that in your uh, tapping meditation app. No, I didn't. (laughs) I was not looking for gender euphoria and tapping, but I'm grateful. 
I'm glad. Mm -hmm. We definitely need more things to be grateful for lately. I think gratitude is one of those things, sort of like we were talking about reasonableness earlier and said, you know, I wish there were more things reasonable. And then after thinking about it for a moment, we both came to the separate, same realization separately that we have plenty of reasonable. There's just more unreasonable around us. So we get outweighed or outvoted too often. We're outnumbered frequently, if not always. Yes. And that's just at our house. And I think it's the same to say we have plenty of things to be grateful for. We do. And so, you know, coping humor and complainy whininess aside, it it is hard to remember that sometimes when we're feeling overwhelmed by things that don't make us feel so grateful. Yes, true. Is there anything else you're grateful for? Probably. Good. Yes, I'm sure there is. I'm glad. Is there anything else that we should talk about? I don't think so. So is that it? I think that's it. All right. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. keep feeling like I have something between my teeth, but I have flossed numerous times and not finding anything. That's a weird feeling. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me know when you're ready to sit up and have a chat. I'm ready. Okay. My loud swallowing commences. It never ceases. (laughs) Because I'm alive. I I appreciate that fact. (laughs) Very good. Is our neighbor going to be making you mad? No, but we might need to close the door. Okay. He's putting a little fence up to keep their dog uh, away from our fence by putting a fence in front of his fence because he's tired of the creature barking all the time. Yes. It's driving them quite crazy. I bet. Which is why they keep apologizing to us. We're not bothered. Once in a while I'm a little bothered, but they're feeling pretty crazy. I bet. Well, she's working from home and... Oh. You know. Okay. Yeah, anyhow. All right. Oh, Your turn. No, thank you. Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. Dreams coming true. Right? I, I didn't know you were going to start there, so... <laughs> um... I don't know if that makes as much sense as I was trying to say to you last night, but you're usually pretty good at asking things as we go, if you need to. Right. No, you're good so far, I think.